welcome back to the podcast. Or if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome. It's an honor to share this space with y'all. I'm wishing you a happy new year. I hope you're feeling supported and loved up on. I hope this year is a beautiful one for you, filled with lots of magic and possibility. I've been on a nice long winter break since the solstice, and it's been really lovely resting at home, cozied up at home, hibernating. It's been raining here in San Diego, and that's felt really dreamy, and it's about the extent of our winter here. And so I've been really grateful to spend some time really reflecting on this last year, really um, getting the chance to integrate this last year because, y'all, I'm in awe of 2022. It was was a really profound year for me, personally. I had a lot of big moments like, like vision board type of goals or wishes come true and many unexpected blessings that were just so miraculous such gifts that I feel like I'm not ever gonna be the same like I'm forever changed from this year and I think the word that's the word that's gonna stick with me for the rest of my life for 2022 that is just filled with the miraculous i entered the year with my fur baby beau beating cancer and just feeling so supported by my guides through his diagnosis and through his treatment i received so many loving signs and it's like really hard to put language to it's um challenging to put into words just how supported i felt during such a worrisome time where i had to let go of control right like that was the only choice was to let go and i feel like that's when we really open all right and i received so many gifts from from that and that's my baby that's my familiar he's one of my longest companions other than my blood family he's been my he's been by my side throughout my whole adult journey and it's kind of wild because he's 15 or he's almost 15 and at this point that's close to half my life and you know there will be a day where we have to say goodbye in this physical form and so last year was just a reminder of that and gave me the gift of living my life with such profound presence and gratitude for each day we do get together every morning and like all throughout the day I would find myself just in praise like thank you god for another day loving each other in these bodies and it's that gratitude and like that praise 
and bubbling up from so deep inside my heart. And that's what's changed me on a cellular level this past year. Choosing full presence with life's greatest blessings and being so moved and so in awe of my blessings that I've been in this extended state of gratitude and celebration. And sometimes, sometimes I feel like I can't even express how grateful I am. Like my body, my body and my mind are still catching up to the joy and, and love that my spirit holds and that my spirit has shown me throughout this year. And that's shown me that miracles are always right here with us in the present moment, in our prayers, in our songs, in our connection, our snuggles, our dreams, our gardens, our meals, our walks through the forest or our walks in the city. Miracles are always right here with us in every breath. Some of y'all know it was a lover's year last year. Um, reconnecting with that archetype over and over again throughout the year was really important for me. Um, just thinking about love as the most powerful force in the universe and opening myself up to that like the love that's all around me and my relationships and my ecosystem like with all the animals and plants in my yard and in my neighborhood some of you know that there was a big blessing in the tree in my yard I had a little hummingbird family and I got to journey with them and see the baby take its first flight and like that was a huge miracle from 2022 and I'm crossing my fingers that there will be more of those nests this spring but just opening to that that love that's all around me and remembering like letting that remind me of the love that I am and that we are and committing to existing in that love as, as like my sort of set point or like my orientation to life. And I feel after this lover's year, I feel more connected and more supported and held than I ever have. And I keep coming back to the June Jordan quote. Maybe, maybe you've heard it. She says, love is life force. Love is life force. And that was my guiding light for the whole year. Supporting me through grief and fear. And it brought me deeper into my work with spirit and creation. And deeper into my relationship with archetypes and the body 
And I'm really excited to share more about this with y'all here on the podcast. Today's episode is called Archetypes as Keys for Unlocking Our True Nature. I'll share a little bit about what I mean here and then we'll talk more specifically about what archetypes are and what they are not. We'll talk about archetypes and their role in mythology and their role in the tarot, as well as how we can use archetypes and the tarot to tell new stories with our bodies, to tell truer stories with our bodies, to come back to a more embodied state of ourselves, like a truly embodied state where we feel connected, connected to what matters most to us, connected to one another and our earth. So a question I want to offer, this question is for you to take into your life and into your practice. How have or how can archetypes act as keys to unlock your truest self? How can they be like openings or doorways back to your true nature, back to your core self? And I can't necessarily answer that for you, right? I can answer that for myself and I can share my experience and some of my clients' experiences but this is really for you to explore and I believe that that curiosity and that exploration and that journey is is really worthwhile and fulfilling and I feel like it's a really important piece to the healing and and remembering that we as human beings living in this time are being called into and it really all comes back to connection archetypes can connect us to the natural world and therefore back to ourselves as beings that are not separate from the natural world Archetypes connect us to the deep and ancient and wise support system that we all come from, that we're all part of. So they can be an especially powerful tool for a society that has been severed from the natural world in many ways, right? So many of us are waking up from the spell or the myth of industrialism and capitalism and colonization we are remembering that we are part of the greater web of life and for me and and maybe for you too this feels like the spiritual work of our lifetimes and so how might archetypes help us with that So let's talk about what archetypes are and what they are not. If you 
Google archetypes, you'll find that they are universal symbols, imagery that appears in stories and fairy tales and dreams, and they bring about a certain energy or meaning, right? The study of archetypes is most often credited to Carl Jung and depth psychology. Carl Jung came up with the name archetype and offered his theory of archetypes to Western psychology. I respect Carl Jung's work. I've always been intrigued by his work, and I find it to be deeply problematic to credit just one person for any field of study, let alone a part of our human experience that is like so foundational. Archetypes existed way before Jung's time, and I believe he admitted this. Like it wasn't his goal. It wasn't necessarily like his doing to take all the credit for coming up with the use of archetypes in modern psychology. But that is what has happened in the field and in the culture. And so we have a responsibility to, we have a responsibility as a culture to acknowledge that this is really indigenous wisdom. And when we popularize something and one scientist's name, like around the work, especially a white man, we are really just replicating colonization. So we can recognize that while Jung brought archetypes into sort of mainstream psychology, archetypes have been around since the beginning of human history. And they've been co-created. I think this is really important. They've been co-created by communities and cultures for 200,000 years through people's sacred rituals, sacred practices, and sacred connection with the earth. Archetypes are represented in the first cave paintings, in ceremonial dress where people would like adorn themselves with like feathers or something to take on the energy of an animal. Oral stories about rivers or trees or mountains. Astrology uses archetypes for each of the celestial bodies, right? And even like functional things or really especially functional things like agriculture, like using um, archetypes to really support the community and their needs to pass on wisdom through that imagery and through stories and ceremony. So this is part of what makes them so powerful and so wise that early humans and all of our ancestors 
we're supported by archetypes and influenced by archetypes. They're part of the very fabric of humanity. They're like threads that can lead us to our ancient past and and ancient wiser ways of being that we have forgotten in Western culture or really that dominant culture has intentionally attempted to sever us from. To sever us from indigenous knowledge and indigenous uh, ways of being. Archetypes are mirrors that remind us of our truth. They awaken something deep within us, deep within the psyche, deep within the soma. They awaken our power, our wisdom, our magic, and they mirror back to us our belonging to the universe. And we can connect with them through nature, poetry, art, movement, mythology, and even our own imagination. So we kind of miss the point of their depth and their power when we, when we think about archetypes in just a modern context. And again, I don't think that was Jung's goal. He called them primordial images. So archetypes are not just what we see in pop culture or on the internet in the self-development industry. They're so much more magical and much more limitless and, and ancient than the sort of surface level individualistic approach that we see. Like, for example, the hero, which is completely taken out of context. No one gets anywhere on their own without community. Or even, like, I see this all the time, how the goddess or the divine feminine has been co-opted by capitalism. And, like, I'm all about the goddess and feminine energy that's been a tremendous power for me and my sisters to tap into that. But I know you know what I'm talking about when things, you know, go on trend and get real buzzy for profit's sake for money they lose their depth they become watered down and bland and like sort of rootless which means they lose their cultural significance and ultimately their integrity so by bringing this deeper approach that credits indigenous wisdom wisdom that predates capitalism and patriarchy and white supremacy, we get to connect to archetypal support that is rooted and ethical and transformative beyond our individual selves. It's transformative for our collective. And right now we're we're being called to return to a more collective awareness to remember our interdependence in these times of climate collapse 
and that call is just getting louder and louder, right? So again, I I really believe that archetypes are a powerful tool for us to reconnect with ourselves and our true collective nature, our collective beingness. Archetypes are a tool to connect us to the animate everything, a phrase I learned from Sophie Strand and our potential to heal together with our planet. So let's move on to archetypes and mythology because Sophie actually has this really incredible way of looking at mythology, this beautiful metaphor um, for rewilding mythology. So Sophie Strand is a writer and poet that weaves spirituality and ecology and I absolutely love her work y'all need to check out her talks and her book um, The Flowering Wand she has some beautiful courses out as well she is brilliant and I will have her on the podcast some someday that I am definitely sending out to the universe So a lot of her work centers on mycology, the science of mycelium and fungi, and how we can learn from the behavior of mushrooms and their mycelial underground networks. She studies and writes about um, mycelium behavior, or like how we can... um, how mycelium can teach us about interconnection and community and mutualism. And Adrienne Marie Brown also writes about this in regards to movement spaces and transformative justice. And I'm sure there are many other visionaries who also um, call upon the magnificence of mushrooms as well. But something that has really stuck with me about Sophie's work with ecology and mythology is that she uses this, um, she uses the metaphor of the mycelium to talk about myth and the power of myth. So like she talks about how the myths are like the flowering part of the mycelial network myths are like the actual mushroom fruit that pops up from the underground network so like if you can imagine a mushroom coming out of the earth out of the soil that's just the flowering part of the whole mycelial network So they um, are huge networks underground that really connect to everything, right? To the soil, to the trees and plants, the air, the water. I mean, they're deeply connected to everything through that underlying uh, network. And so we can think of, she poses this, this metaphor is the underground network is like all of that earth wisdom and then myth comes from the earth from that earth wisdom to a specific place 
popping up as little mushrooms to a specific place, to a specific people. But the underground network is where that wisdom comes from and stretches across the entire planet, which is why we see stories, like similar stories all over the world from different cultures and different timelines because there's this underlying root system underlying wisdom that all myths flower from and the myth the the fruit or the mushroom is born to a specific place special and unique to the needs of those people and the needs of that ecosystem so i hope i'm articulating that well it's blown my mind open and it's just a really beautiful way of understanding the power of mythology and like how it really connects us all to one another and to the earth mythology offers us wisdom from the earth itself from the mycelial networks that are connected to all of the plants and trees and water and soil and the life death life cycle of nature so myths are really powerful gifts to you know help us navigate the experience of being alive and especially for navigating the experience of being alive in these times during this time of climate collapse because myths connect us to earth wisdom and and we need all the earth wisdom we can get right now and archetypes as universal symbols play a huge role in mythology right they they support the relatable themes that are passed on in mythology clarissa pinkola estes says we elicit the wildish self our most natural self through specific questions tales and mythos much of her work is about how myth guides our psychic development and if archetypes are like the elements or symbols of mythology we can call upon a certain archetype to help us with a certain energy or to help us embody something that we need for our growth and for our transformation and this is why i love the tarot because it helps us bring archetypal magic into our day-to-day lives we get to work with a system of archetypes the tarot gives us a system to play with these energies and to learn from these energies to be reminded of their support and this can happen whether you do like a daily pull from your deck or if you're just reminded of a card with a certain experience that you have or something you're going through like oh this feels like a moon experience let me let me turn to that card for support and this is what my teacher Lindsay matt calls field work which is really powerful that we don't have to pull from our deck to become more intimate with each archetype or with our with our tarot practice 
we can, you know, let those symbols or archetypes show up in our in our lives outside of our practice or outside of our deck. And for me, that's that's one of the deepest ways that I have um, grown with my with the tarot is like bringing that energy with me into my day to day or tuning in to what I'm going through and and calling upon like reaching for that archetype's support and of course the symbols of nature can can remind us of the archetypes in our deck so tarot gives us this system that provides structure and support like it's a specific number of cards and categories that we can come back to it gives us some you know organization (laughs) the virgo in me really 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 loves that but we can come back to that structure for our spiritual growth and that helps us to you know notice our development notice the phases and cycles we go through the spirals that we go to and it's deeply connected to ancient symbolism and the earth and then what I'm really interested in is how do we bring this into the body and what I've learned is that it's already inside of us the memory of these supportive archetypes and myths are already with with us. They live inside of ourselves and in our DNA. Like that's why something lights up in us when we see or hear about these images. And so here's that unlocking piece, right? Archetypes can unlock or awaken certain memories within our bodies memories of creation memories of resilience memories of togetherness and community so how can we explore archetypes while also getting curious about where this energy lives within our own body And how might touching into that bring us into our wholeness? How can archetypes help us reconnect to parts of ourselves that have been forgotten or even covered up by dominant culture? How can archetypes bring us into a more connected state? a more embodied state, right? That true embodiment I mentioned earlier that roots us into the earth and our place in the cosmos. And I've felt it in my body where archetypes do unlock something in my physical body but also my energetic body. So like when I mention the body, I'm talking about our holistic body system, our psyche and um, energetic and physical body. 
And once that something is unlocked, the body remembers itself. It remembers that it's part of the larger web of life. And it remembers, it already knows how to be in right relationship with other beings in the land. Because we've inherited hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years of wisdom. Of how to be in right relationship with the land and with other beings. And we can liken this to trauma healing, where trauma is residual energy left in the body after a traumatic event and this leaves someone feeling constricted and essentially closed off to the world in some way or like they feel alone in some way and that blocks us from living a full life But when we feel a sense of connection and support and resource, we can slowly start to open and shed and remember. We can shed that that constriction or that armor and remember that we are not alone. That we are always being guided and supported by the life and energy around us. So this feels super circular for me. It's like, how can archetypes support our embodiment practice? And how can embodiment support our tarot or archetypal practice? It's both, right? They don't have to be separate. Because all of the archetypes live within you, and all of the archetypes live around you too. And so... There's infinite ways we can connect into them and receive from them. But the whole point is that they help us connect. They help us connect to parts of ourselves and our lineages and our ancestors and our more than human kin and our earth and our cosmos. And they're always right here with us. You hold the keys you need to unlock your truth. They're right here with you. They're right here with us. We already hold the keys to our miraculous unfolding. Alright y'all, I could talk for a hundred years about this, but I'm feeling like it's a good place to stop and make, um, make space for integration. This episode is kind of laying a more solid foundation for what, what we'll be exploring in the podcast. I shared some of this in, um, in the first episode, but I wanted to go deeper And this topic really lights me up, so I hope it feels supportive. I hope you'll continue to reflect on some of those questions for yourself 
and I'd love to hear what comes up for you or what what reflections you have. In future episodes, I'll share some of the myths that help me deepen into my tarot practice and and my embodiment practice. And then for the rest of this season, like the next the next like 10 episodes, I'm going to be working with a specific format or kind of experimenting with a format where I will share about a card in the first episode of the month and then the second episode of the month will be a Q&A about that card and how to work with it in your embodiment practice. So how to kind of deepen into it. So more about that in our next episode coming out in two weeks. I'll leave the card I'll leave the next archetype as a surprise. Until then, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening and supporting this project. Thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews and sharing with your people. I'm sending you lots of love. Thank you.